Welcome to the Third Church Podcast, where we're sending out servant-hearted disciples with a passion for Jesus into the world. I'm your host, Jenny Hesseltine, Director of Community here at Third. We're veering a bit from our traditional Sunday teaching podcast to share some crucial conversations around faith in our context. As a church, we're seeking to define our current cultural reality, acknowledging that we're far from our heavenly home, but sent daily to love and share Jesus with others while we're here. We're going hard after intimacy, identity, belonging, and purpose. In this conversation series, we're talking about healing, both the gift and the mystery of it. We've spent two episodes now talking about what a gift it is. Today's conversation centers around some of the mystery of healing. Senior Pastor Kevin Corver and prayer team leader Steph Heatbrink will again join me to share more of their personal journeys with healing, as well as solid biblical teaching that will help shed some light on the mystery a little more. What I love about this episode is the humble vulnerability that both of these leaders stand in as they share with us. They both have real stories that are mysterious gifts in and of themselves. It is truly a gift that they would share those with us today. So Kevin, Steph, welcome back into this conversation again. You both shared a little bit about your own stories as we sort of laid a foundation in the first episode for what it looks like to to go after healing as our church does. Would you tell us a little bit more of your own stories and journeys and this time um, really allow us into the mystery, if you would? Sure. Um, Two specific stories around mystery would be the death of Lane's mom and then my son's death. And um, obviously we've talked about healing and what we believe in and yet there's still <clears throat> things we don't understand and don't know how to respond to. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, Lane's mom was diagnosed and died in nine days, and our son was diagnosed, died in seven days. So it, it's, um, it's disorienting to try to understand the ways of God. <clears throat> and so one of the things that I think has been good for our church in a season of so much loss is that we've been very, I think, um, open as a congregation about yeah. the levels of hurt and pain and loss. We've, I think we've had, my mind, memory serves me, 13 tragic deaths, un- unexpected younger people, um, along with many senior saints. And so we've had to, we've had to learn to process um, just the disappointments and the grief that we experience when things don't yeah. go as we wish. Yeah. And yet, I don't think we've lost our fervor or desire to pray for healing. So. I think we're holding in, in some personal tension and a mm-hmm. congregational tension. But I think it's healthy and it's good. Yeah. And I don't think, um, I think because we've had so much public loss and grief, I think it's even allowed for more conversation about healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Would that be fair? Yeah, I think so. I think um, you really have to be comfortable with tension um, in a lot of uh, areas of ministry, I think. And I think our our family is learning that here, to be able to hold mystery in, gifting, but to not stop asking for the yeah. more in the midst of that. And so, yeah, like I alluded kind of in the uh, first couple of episodes, um, you know, my mom ended up... It, 
you know, like I said, she was diagnosed with a pretty rare aggressive form of cancer, and we did lose her uh, after a two-year battle. And, I mean, yeah, it was devastating. It was heartbreaking. You know, we had faith for healing. We absolutely believe that God can heal. But, yeah, then there was the process of um, uh, just years, actually. I mean, grief is not short. Years of grief. It's life-altering. You'll always carry parts of that loss um, with you. Um, but you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of choices to make in those seasons, and so, like I said, it wasn't immediately. But um, I knew one of the things um, that I had kind of purposed in my spirit was that this loss would not uh, would not keep me from continuing to pray for miracles and for mm-hmm. healing. Mm-hmm. That I was going to keep um, praying for yeah, greater revelation, more healing, more power. And so, um, and that's not to say there wasn't a lot of wrestling in that. So, and I don't, I I don't short circuit that part at all. And both Kevin and I can attest to lots of uh, wrestling um, in that. And I think part of what happens in those seasons is in some ways with mystery, you have to just set the why questions aside. And Mm -hmm. um, because there's certain things that neither Kevin nor I will know um, until uh, we get to heaven and we and we get to see a fuller picture. Um, And I encourage people to ask questions about um, how did you see God? What is he doing in the midst of it? And not to say that why is bad. Jesus can handle all of it. So um, not to shut that down, but to know that we with mystery, we may not know, you know, we may not know this side of eternity, but um, I can pinpoint back and show you over and over and over um, how faithful God was kind of Mm -hmm. in the midst of that journey, where he was at and what he's doing. And then, you know, Kevin and I are are obviously in different places. You know, my mom's loss was 15 years ago to this Mm -hmm. day. So I have seen so much um, kind of fruit and redemption and how her story has ended up shaping my life and so many other lives because of it. So I've seen God... um, I've had a longer time to see God work out the good yeah. <laughs> in the midst of the hard, yeah. um, but it's still a challenge. So, mm-hmm. still miss her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, I think it's important. I said this at Kirk's funeral. <clears throat> we began the funeral. I said something like, "It's pretty important that we have things settled with the Lord before we face tragedy." tragedy. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's I think as part of the mystery in the midst, if we can embrace the goodness of God, yeah, and we believe that, yeah. then we can live in the mystery of why people don't get healed mm-hmm. or why death comes tragically. Mm-hmm. So I think to get it, get that settled and be clear is pretty important. So the A.W. Tozer quote again: "Your your your what you think about God is the single most important thing about you." Yeah, yeah. So I think as we process mystery together today and then in the future as a congregation. We need to settle these things. Mm-hmm. They need to be clear. We need to encourage each other in the settling. Yep. And as we do, I think we can live in the mystery. That's right. But if we don't settle it, then the mystery becomes very problematic. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I had dad came to see me whose son died in seven days just recently, and and we processed. And as you just said, Steph, the why questions, we can't, we don't know how to address the why questions. Nope. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this man... He has a wonderful, deep faith, good sense yeah. of the Lord. Yeah. 
And so it was beautiful to sit and just cry together. Yes, um, yeah. And we learn to weep with those who weep. Absolutely. You know, I, I teach on healing and miracles, and I teach on grief here. Mm-hmm. I do yeah. both. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah, I think, I, think, so th- I think in the midst of this conversation about mystery, I, my encouragement to us is settle, be clear in what you think, believe, and feel about your God. Amen. Get that, get that nailed down. Yeah, one of the one of the scriptures as I was thinking about today that was lifting for me too is actually Philippians four seven that the peace of Christ that transcends our understanding would guard our yeah. hearts and minds in Christ Jesus and part of why that is an important scripture is because we're encountering things that really are beyond our understanding, mm-hmm. um, but there's a way that the peace of God can transcend that um, in spite of. The not understanding. And I think actually the guarding piece is pretty interesting because um, the enemy will work overtime uh, to come in and to sow seeds of doubt about the goodness of God, about his love for you, yeah. about is he trustworthy. And so there's a way that that prayer of Lord, I just, um, I need you to help me uh, mm-hmm. continue to guard my heart and mind so that I don't make any agreements with the enemy that aren't true about who you are. And the main one is that goodness of God question, I think, Kevin, and um, it's a wrestle. It's an honest wrestle. And I think that with that, Steph, I would say that we need to get um, the idea of this biblical idea of hope down. So yes. in, in, our, in our working through First Peter on Sunday mornings right now, in chapter 1, verse 3, 13, and 21, there's this, this high talk about the, the anticipate, anticipation of what Christ has done and will do, yes. what is coming. Yes. And so we can live with a mystery if we actually believe in this coming new heaven, new earth. Yes. If we don't cling to that and make that foundational, then we don't want to wrestle with the mystery. That's right. Because fundamentally, these things are not going to be clear to us until later. That's right. So I think somehow, as we talk about mystery, we've got to still focus on anticipatory hope. Amen. And I think that's what we want to say to our listeners and to the congregation. We can't lose sight of what is coming. Yes. Yeah. Because then we have... Victories we hope will increase. We will experience losses, yep. but we still mm-hmm. win. Yes, and so we have to cling to that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Just I mean, in a, a story of that, um, Kevin was helped to officiate my mom's funeral, and it was a really. Um, I've told people it was such a supernatural experience for me because the tangible hope of heaven was mm-hmm. so present in the room. The eternal hope that my mom was alive in the land of the living was so evident to me that this is going to sound strange, but I had as much joy at her funeral as I did on my wedding day because mm-hmm. I could, um, by God's grace, he poured out such a tangible, eternal hope over the service that I could just taste it. And it was really interesting because I almost felt... Um, uh, you know, people were coming up giving condolences, and rightfully so, of course, but it was weird because I was so in tune with the hope of heaven in that mm. day that, it, and it was just sustaining me in a way that um, it was tangible. I don't know how else to explain it. And, you know, that yeah. was one of the graces for me um, in that hour. And, um, and that's the kindness of God too, and it's that hope, right? That it's that hope that keeps us going. And and I've heard you say lately, Kevin, and I really appreciate this too. For believers, we don't die, and I was just really struck by that in this last season. Yeah. That we, you know, we're moving from this life to the next, and so, um, in some ways, 
that even was kind of another aha for me, like, yes, that is just a different way to think about. We really are moving from this life to the next, to the more real, um, as my friend Kathy likes to say. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of, we're grateful for the hope that we have in the gospel. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. So go back to the now and not yet idea. So we keep praying for the healing, the kingdom to come now, but we recognize that it won't be completely coming till later, but we can still live in that tension. Absolutely. We keep praying for it now, but we anticipate it will all be completely fulfilled then. Yeah. So we live in that tension with hope. Yep. We don't have to be discouraged or diminished. We just we keep going forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Keep going on this idea of kind of in your own experiences, what are what are ways that we can walk alongside others um, when when their loved one is the one that's not healed? What do how can we journey with them through long-term health issues that kind of wade into that mystery with them? What's an appropriate response as believers in some of that mystery? Well, I, I, would, I would suggest first we need to be very mindful of the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. How does the Spirit lead each of us uniquely into specific situations? Mm-hmm. But one of the things that strikes me, and this is, I'm wired, I know that, but I've not been that impressed, if I was honest, with the letters that people wrote or the cards they sent or even the things that they said. Mm-hmm. But there were people who looked at me, mm-hmm. cried. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That meant a lot. Mm-hmm. It wasn't words. Mm-hmm. It was just presence. And I think somehow, Lord, help us to be present to each other mm-hmm. in these moments. Yeah. That means a ton. Mm-hmm. So it's a really a dependency on the Holy Spirit. How can I be like Christ to you in your grief and your loss? Mm-hmm. Not taking my loss, my feelings, my concerns, and then transposing it onto you. Mm-hmm. But just to be present. Yeah. Just yeah. be present. Yeah. Yeah, there's when I'm teaching people about ministering in grief, I share a story, and in the story, a, almost a stranger comes alongside a mom who's in deep grief. Her son has become paralyzed, and she's uprooted her life to come and um, be with him as he receives treatment. And, um, anyways, bumps into this stranger, and this stranger basically says, um, I'm going to be in this with you. And she looks at her and she says, and I just want you to know, I'm not afraid of your sadness. Mm-hmm. I'm not afraid of your tears. Wow. And actually, that's one of the best gifts that we can yeah. give to people to say, you know what? Um, I'm actually, I'm not afraid of your sadness. Your tears are welcome. Mm-hmm. Your grief is welcome. Mm-hmm. You don't have to... Um, pretend you're somewhere in the journey that you're not, you know. And, you know, I had a couple of people that I would just grab my box of Kleenex and go to their home, to their office, and I would just need to weep for a while. You know, that's part of how God made us. There's something beautiful in the weeping and grieving um, and feeling that you can't really, you have to move with it and through it. And we need to be a people who can actually welcome that and sit in that place of sadness that, and I've even experienced that with uh, friends who've had ongoing long-term health issues. Um, I think one of the graces of 
my mom's story of being able to hold tension. You know, I had a friend express to me, it's really hard when I bump into people and they ask how I'm doing and I have to share that I'm not better and people don't know what to do with that. And so um, to be able to journey just with compassion, uh, kindness, to still welcome sadness or, you know, that's hard. I'm really... Sorry, you know, but just to create space for we where people are at in the journey is a yeah. really important thing for us as believers and what we can offer mm-hmm. um, to our community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the gift of presence is huge. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. What about in those moments that we are praying with people and um, longing to see them healed in the moment? Why do you think that healing doesn't always happen in the moment when we're praying? And how do we help, like you were saying earlier, how do we help those people not feel bad for being honest with their responses and saying, I actually don't feel different now? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we not allow them to sort of carry the weight of the the outcome? Sure. Well, I, 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 as I said earlier in our previous episodes, I've not been as public in healing ministry, but when I meet alone with people, how I typically ask, if, if it's private and it's not others aren't aware of, I just ask if I could begin by talking about the light and love of Christ. Yeah. And so I say to them, if, if you allow me to pray with you and for you, and I ask the Lord to release his light and his love, that will always be answered. Mm-hmm. So you always receive the healing, light, and love of Jesus. So if you can minim- I try to minimize anything except for the, the, the beautiful presence of Christ to the person. Mm-hmm. And then if the Spirit leads us forward, we can go. But if nothing else, you can minimize, I didn't get any healing. Mm-hmm. Yes, you did. Mm-hmm. You, o- you always receive healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So frame always it, always off. receive light and love. Yeah. And when I was, well, in 1980, when I first started praying for the sick, I, the analogy that was given to me was we, how we, we learned. We, we took us a, a glass full of water and then a smaller glass, and we were just invited just to keep praying. And, and you dump just a little bit of water in the glass. But just keep praying. And, and pretty soon, the larger glass of water was completely overflowing the smaller glass of water. And one of the things my instructors said to us was, the healing light and love of Jesus will eventually Mm. overcome all evil, all darkness, Mm. all brokenness. It will. But you have to remain faithful in inviting the light and love of Christ. And so the analogy I used in California, I'd bring along a magnifying glass when we go outside, get some leaves, let the sun start to burn the magnifying leaves. I said, that's what we're praying for. The light of Christ coming through our prayers mm-hmm. to the magnifying glass yeah. starts the leaves on fire. Mm-hmm. And so I'd show them that physically and then say, that's what we're going to do together now. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it, that just lowered the sense of, I've got to have something happen. Yeah. Something is happening. Yes. You're being loved by Jesus. Yes. You're being lit by Jesus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that helped reframe it for people. Yeah. Yeah, I think maybe it's Heidi Baker, someone that just says, you know, I don't have a healing ministry, I have a love ministry, yes. and people are healed yeah. by the love of Christ, you mm-hmm. know, and so I think it is important to frame it up um, like that, and, you know, and what I always tell people, too, like, you know, I have zero regrets going for it and healing over my mom's life, you know, I spent two years just holding my mom up before the Lord, yeah. you know, there was, what did... Um, 
when you think of how a mom pours out for her kids, what better gift could I have given back than to spend two years just holding her up into the love of Jesus and saying, I'm longing for your healing. I love her. I want her here as long as possible. But Mm -hmm. God, just keep pouring into her. Just keep loving her. Help her to know how good you are. Help my family to know that, you know, so... I feel journal after journal after journal of prayers over her. And I never look back and think, man, I wish wish I wouldn't have believed for her healing. I wish I wouldn't yeah. have spent so much time praying, yeah. you know, for her. So I think that's one of the other things that it's not like our prayers are wasted. No. You know, our, these prayers that we pray on behalf of people, they're never wasted. Amen. Things happen. God moves. He touches hearts. Things are happening mm-hmm. that we don't see in, around us, through us. And so we really hold on to that when we're, when we're praying for people. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, and then, you know, again, we have to be so, again, this is that marriage of fruits and gifts, too, because you can incredibly wound people um, if something happens in the moment or doesn't happen, and that's why... Again, we are. Uh, we want to be deeply rooted in the love of Jesus. We want to be bearing His fruit. We want, you know, a- another prayer. I think this by John Bevere. He prays something like, "May the gifts on my life never supersede the fruit that I'm bearing." Mm, wow. You know, because um, there's power in the mm-hmm. gifts and there's power and that's sometimes what makes us a little bit scared mm-hmm. and so we've seen sometimes power without fruit and that's some of the excess that we talked about earlier right. and that can be that clanging symbol mm-hmm. you know that we talk about which is why that love that goodness that kindness just has to be married so well mm-hmm. um, to the power of the gifts of the spirit and in our just ministry to people you know we gotta yeah. love well yeah it's so, mm-hmm. yeah, but, mm-hmm. yeah. So believing in supernatural physical healing, as both of you do, does that mean that you would recommend that people don't go to the doctor or don't see a counselor? Never. <laughs> that was a setup question, by the way. <laughs> I said that last week Sunday when I referenced um, anxiety mental and mental illness. Yeah. Yeah. I, no, we, we, we need to be open to every way the Lord wants mm-hmm. to heal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was grateful. Uh, yeah, again, people we've learned about healing, they say pursue it all. Pursue you know, it, we are yeah. so grateful to be able to pursue it all. Mm-hmm. And I think that... Um, yeah, again, in my own life, like I said earlier, I'm a breast cancer survivor. And, you know, of course, we prayed for miraculous healing. There was very much, again, I could see the hand of God in multiple parts of the journey. But in the end, I went through a mastectomy and reconstructive surgery and five mm-hmm. years of mm-hmm. um, appointments and things like that. But I'm grateful, you know, mm-hmm. so I'm grateful for yep. the yep. healing yep. and the outcome that I had, you know, through physicians as well. And so, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a both end. We're grateful for good counselors. Um, in, in a lot of our emotional healing ministry, we are almost, all, in our uh, cases, we're often partnering with good um, Christian counselors. So that's a, it's actually a beautiful partnership. Yep. Um, it, we're, we're, people are funny. We're funny, I think. <laughs> and sometimes we want to think it's one or the other in a lot of ways. Yeah. And um, but the reality is it's like, no, we can just pursue all of these beautiful ways that God works and we mm-hmm. uh, we see we see God minister through them all. Let me take mystery a little different direction. Um, in nineteen eighty, 
uh, the author's name is Miller, wrote a book entitled um, There's More to Health Than Not Being Sick. Yes. And Miller lived in Washington at, I, I might not be exactly right, but either 3,000 or 5,000 uh, primary care physician, physicians were asked, what percentage of your patients are at rootage physically ill? And I think they said 8%. Ninety-some percent of the illnesses were at root mental or emotional or spiritual. Mm -hmm. So part of the mystery of healing is how do we get to those hidden places? Yep, absolutely. The root, the root places from which the sickness comes or arises, Mm -hmm. and that's where we need the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. to know what what is really going on here. Yeah, yeah. Because we could mispray. Or we could uh, short-circuit the work of the Spirit by praying about the wrong things. Right. And, yeah, I would comment to you, yeah, God's so not formulaic. No. And so um, even though we can learn some principles or tools for healing, you know, He... Again, from the beginning, God's invitation was to relationship and reliance. Mm-hmm. And we need that as much, you know, in prayer for healing. Just because we saw God heal this issue this way one time, I can't go into a situation thinking that He's going to do that. Oh, well, I know how He heals this. This is what He's going to do yeah. now. And I think, yeah, you know, and He does that, I think. Well, one, because we're complex people and there's all kinds of things. But two, it keeps us um, needing to be reliant, listening to Holy Spirit. Um, you know, uh, and relinquish to him so that we don't get into this formula model of anyways, like A plus B equals C when it comes to <laughs> healing, because um, that's just not the case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple of questions now related to some things that I know I hear all the time from people, wonderings. And, and unfortunately, I think that there are some in quote-unquote Christian circles who maybe perpetuate this belief that um, that there's a way that that faith is what heals us like what what role does what what role does faith play in healing and um, what do you say to someone who feels like the reason that they haven't been healed is because they don't have enough faith mm-hmm. it's a very complex question <laughs> <laughs> Because obviously levels of faith are needed. Yeah. The faith of the community is important. Yeah. And yet, there's still a mystery. Yeah. And so I think that's a, that's a great question that we have to answer very carefully. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think it, we would really be poorly served to just say you're not healed because you lack faith. Yeah. I think that's horrible. That's yeah. malpractice. That is not. That's abuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, so I think humility and care and kindness and gentility is very important. But some faith does need to be exercised. Mm-hmm. And how it is exercised is, is somewhat a mystery to me. Yeah. Yeah, and I like to tell people, um, you know, it's interesting, right? Because the Lord says, right, if you have the faith of a, a mustard seed, you can move an entire mountain. And yeah. that's like very little faith, right? Mm-hmm. So in some ways... If you even have the faith to ask, there's faith there. Mm-hmm. If you have the faith to step out and pray, you know that there's some faith there. Yeah. You know, if you aren't doing those things, there may be a lack of faith there. Um, and so, uh, again, very tricky. Um, you know, part of it is I'm trying to, this is the phrase too that's been ringing in my head. I'm trying to have enough faith to connect to his faithfulness um, as I pray for people that um, 
and that I think, but I think there is something to stewarding faith and growing faith, and we've talked about that a little bit. So, you know, when I spend time, you know, getting a greater revelation of who God is, that increases my faith. Mm-hmm. When I hear stories of what's possible mm-hmm. um, in the kingdom with miracles, um, all different kinds, that increases my faith. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've told people, I didn't even know 15 years ago I could ask for a creative miracle. I didn't even have a concept <laughs> of that. Yeah. You know, so my, that, my faith has changed yeah. of what's even possible in mm-hmm. the spirit. And so I think there are things we can do to cultivate our faith, uh, grow our faith. Um, I think what a community believes will Mm -hmm. affect their faith. Um, And so we've talked about that. There's a way that we can have a ceiling to an extent Mm -hmm. over a community um, based on what is this theology for this, that, or the other. Mm -hmm. Um, And so our, our beliefs do matter. That's that renewing of the mind piece. Mm -hmm. So what we think and believe actually does make a difference. But just to, you know, land with what Kevin said, but we never, (laughs) if anything is the minister, I'm going to take the blame on myself uh, for needing a deeper revelation of God before I'd ever, Mm -hmm. ever uh, want anybody to feel that it was their issue. Not only do we have a theological challenge with with our corporate faith, but we also have the uh, challenge of affluence, and education. Yes. So the high, the more educated people are and the more wealthy they are, the, the figures for healing uh, demonstrations diminish. They're converse. Mm-hmm. The yeah. poorer people are, the more needy and broken people are, the higher the faith level, Yeah. the more expectation that the Lord might heal. Yep. And then flipping it, the more education, the more wealthy, the more whatever, or the more, depending on your theo- theological stream, so that's one of our challenges here. It is. We're very Absolutely. wealthy, we're yep. very educated, and yep. our tribe does not have a high expectation for healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a mystery then. So how does that how does the healing power of Christ get expressed in light of those that barrier? Yeah. And that's mm-hmm. part of our challenge. Yeah. Yeah, that's why you often hear uh this is much more common in uh third world, world where the church yeah. is exploding um than it is well, if you Here. look at all Clark's uh, figures in the, the book you're going to reference, Steph, yeah. it's incredible. To look. The, the, the success rate in North America, I think, is 22%, and then in third world, it's up to 80%. Yeah. I mean, it's a crazy yeah. uh, difference. Yep, yep, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, so all that to say there's something to it. It is a little bit of a mystery, but, mm-hmm. you know, what we believe, what we put our trust in, what we're cultivating um, does make a difference, I think, and so... Yeah, uh, Kevin was referencing um, Randy Clark has done a lot of, uh, he has a heart to not just, he has a heart to document healing mm-hmm. in miracles, sci- you know, scientifically. He's worked with physicians. He's worked, um, yeah, with researchers because uh, he wants the merit <laughs> of uh, physical healing, particularly in places like the U.S. where yeah. a study will speak in some ways differently. And so... Uh, this book, Eyewitness to Miracles, is a lot of the research, the studying, the physicians he worked with, um, percentages, documentation. Um, and they're not quick to call something a miracle or healing. They'll often, you know, they want to wait for um, evidence um, or documentation, um, mm-hmm. which I can appreciate that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... 
Yeah, and I think it, it you know, and it's interesting because one of the things I teach a little bit of a piece on my healing class that there's some common doubts that we'll carry about healing that I do think will uh, affect um, ministry or receiving uh, of healing that, you know, there's, um, you know, there can be this performance thing, you know, where we're not seeing the healing because we're not working hard enough or, uh, and it actually becomes almost too self-focused and not Jesus enough focused <laughs> is what can happen. And yeah. then we almost get um, sidetracked. And so, yeah. And then in the will of God yeah. question, which we talked again a little bit about, like, you know, we're going to have a hard time if we don't really know if it's God's will to heal, to pray for mm-hmm. healing mm-hmm. or to receive healing. And so, yeah, um, it, it's there's a lot of things that can happen that I think play into into the faith question. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So to summarize, what would be your summary statement about faith, Steph? How would you summarize it? Mm-hmm. So we, we're saying things like we need to be gentle and yeah. kind. We need to we need to grow in faith. We need to grow in trust, our image of God. Yeah. But we need to be really gentle and yeah. kind with each so other. So faith does matter. Mm-hmm. We can cultivate it. We want to grow in it. But yes, we're very gentle and how we um, minister particularly around that question. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. And we don't measure or diminish someone else's faith. Absolutely. Right. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Well mm-hmm. said. Yeah. Well said. Are there any other words of caution that you would want to share with our listeners related to the mystery? And, you know, we've talked a lot about the tension that we're required to hold in having faith for healing to come and 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 yet living in the mystery of it at times. So what are other things that you would want our listeners to hear related to that? Mm-hmm. Kevin, maybe you can speak into this too. Um you know, we don't see this quite as much around here, but it, it can happen um, that there is a difference between believing it's God's will to heal and prophesying healing. So um, that might feel like splitting hairs a little bit, but, you know, but it's important um, because, um, you know, again, we believe that everybody can prophesy to a certain level, and we use kind of the edification, comfort, and encouragement of, you know, everybody who has the Spirit of God can prophesy at that level. But there's a, no, there's a whole nother level that we get to that really should be gifting, training, in accountability that's a different level of prophecy. And so to prophesy healing, um, you better have a track record of being prophetically accurate, being weighed in community, and that a prophetic knowing of healing is like a direct word from the Lord or um, even a gift of faith that this is going to happen. So not just the general belief that it's God's will to heal. It's a God has shown, told, we know this is happening. Mm -hmm. But what can happen in our eagerness sometimes to communicate God's will for healing, we can um, I think actually say some things that can actually be damaging, prophesying healing, or yeah. using words that feel like we're prophesying the healing when we actually don't have the gifting or the level of, um, 
you know, kind of history or accuracy with the Lord to speak something like that. And mm-hmm. that will damage a community greatly. It will damage people greatly. Um, so it's important to know that the will piece, we are settled that it is God's will, but we're holding the now, not yet tension. And that, but that there is specific times there, there will be a prophecy. This is going to happen. Maybe the Lord has shown someone with a prophetic gifting or whatever that this is coming, but that's two different things. And so how we use our words um, is really, 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 really important. And I don't know if you've experienced that. I experienced that some in my journey. Um, And Mm -hmm. so... Well, as as a pastor, I've had multiple this last year around infertility. Yes. People prophesying, you're going to be pregnant this year. It doesn't happen. Yes. Every month I'm reminded we're not pregnant, and that just causes great pain. Yes. So I can give you four examples of that. And so I had to go back to some people and just invite them not to speak this over. Yeah. Young couples who are trying to conceive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I hope that doesn't feel false to what we're trying to say about God's heart for healing, but it's it's a pastoral thing that we have to know the difference. Again, it's the God's will and the now not yet realities of the kingdom versus an accurate, um, tested, trained prophetic gift that's able to release a word. And so, and at this point, we're newer in the prophetic ministry, so we don't actually even ask people to release those types of gifts you know, that type of prophecy, mm-hmm. um, those things minimally need to be checked with leadership and things like that is how we handle that here. So, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's a word of caution. Good. That's wise. I think that I would say, but not to flip things, but in some ways, a, a totally different word of caution um, would be. Um, I think something that's been on my heart too is that. We also don't want to be a house that um, misses what Jesus wants to do. Um, And so that's that piece of, you know, what I was referencing back to. Jesus healed everybody who brought to him, but there were certain places where um, there was a diminished level of um, his ability to perform miracles and healings there, either because it wasn't asked or, again, is that a faith question? But, you know, and I think this gets back to what Kevin says in an affluent um, community that, you know, has certain sets of values, there can be a way that um, there's things that God's maybe wanting to bring or to do here, and we could miss it. <laughs> and so I just want to, uh, I think that's a word of caution, you know, mm-hmm. like we don't just be attentive, be open, be listening, um, take risks, seek God's face, seek them more, and don't um, be careful to not fall asleep uh, mm-hmm. in your walk with the Lord. Um, uh, we don't want to be slumbering when uh, Jesus comes and yeah. wants to bring something into our community. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Any other words of caution from you, Kevin? Okay, you did such a beautiful job as we opened this one of talking about hope. We've had some hard conversations in our in this episode especially, and you have both handled that with such kindness and gentleness, and I appreciate that. Would you leave us now, Kevin, with a note of hope to end this conversation? Don't cry. <clears throat> He's able to do immeasurably more than we can ask or think, than all we can hope or imagine. To him be glory and power and honor now and forever. The kingdom is coming. Mm -hmm. We get to be a part of it. Mm 
So. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Steph. Thank you, Kevin, for joining me for this conversation. And thanks, friends who are listening, for joining us today as well. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged by it. And if you'd like to know more about healing ministries at Third or about Third Church in general, you can find us at trcpella.com and follow Third Church on Facebook and YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast to stay current on all our episodes. And be sure to register for the Marcus Steigert event coming up in mid-November.